Hey, welcome back to the Brain Tap Business Journal podcast. This is Dr. Patrick Porter, and I have a very special guest today. I met him at a conference I was at about biohacking and learning about longevity and what's going on. We got into a really deep conversation about something most people never want to touch. We're talking about emotions. So we're going to get deep into that in a little bit. But Dr. Bazal, tell us a little bit about what got you into this field. I know you're a chiropractor that's your profession, but you also, you go a little deeper because most chiropractors I've met, they're, they're really good at the toxins, getting rid of toxins out of the body, really good at the trauma, but they really kind of stay away from that thought part or, you know, what's going on with that other part of uh, basically health and healing. So tell me about what got you motivated to do that. And then we're going to get into your book in a minute, but tell me what, what motivated you or stirred your, your creative juices to get into that category instead of staying with just you know, the uh, hit them high, hit them low, hit them in the middle, let them go as a lot of chiropractors do. <laughs> like you do the million dollar roll, huh? Yeah. yeah. You know, Patrick, that's a that's a great question to start with because chiropractic for me was just one tool in a much bigger toolkit. Uh, I didn't go to chiropractic school until I was 30 years old. And I think what it really started with was uh, uh, back in college, I was an athlete. All right, so all the way back then, this concept of human performance, you know, how do I get every one-tenth of 1% from a performance standpoint out of everything that I'm doing? So 30, 40 years ago, I was reading books like Sugar Blues, Killer Salt. You, you start as an athlete, you start with what? You start with workout programs, you start with uh, athletics and workout programs and nutrition. And what that evolves into is, uh, the, the psychology behind competing, you know, which is a psychological and a little bit of an emotional thing. Um, so it was, that was always part of it. And so, and I've actually spent half of my adult life in corporate America and then the other half playing doctor. So, and, and in that first half, uh, my transition out of corporate America into the healthcare field was back in 1980 when I helped a friend who was diagnosed with a with a terminal health condition because of obesity. He weighed 365 pounds and had a fluid sac uh, around the heart was being filled with fluid because of the medications that he was on, as well as the weight factor. And just as one friend helping another, this wasn't even a business back then, just as one friend helping another, I worked with, his name was John, I worked with John over the course of the year, he ended up losing 100 pounds. And what that did, that led me uh, out of the financial markets. And in retrospect, I ended up opening up the first executive fitness one-on-one -on -one training concept here in Southern California, working with executives one-on-one. -on -one. And what I noticed was there was always a, a psychological component, there was always a stress component, shall we say that? in in anything that was going on because I was really a uh, a lifestyle interventionist and I had come to the realization that you know other than just the physical part of our reality there's what there's a spiritual component there's an emotional component there's a psychological component as well as the physical so what that told me just intuitively was that if we're multi-dimensional like that all those four domains of our existence kind of operate together and so what I started to see how the psychological ended up affecting the physical, how the emotional ended up doing the physical. And as I continue to move forward, what became clearer and clearer was that the emotional underpinnings are a crucial part 
of whether we reach our optimal human potential or not. And it seems to be a primary rate limiting factor that just doesn't get enough attention. When we were at the biohacking conference in Las Vegas, and I heard you speak, um, wonderful, wonderful speech. And I, and I heard a lot of other talks and we all have very expertise, but I've been to several biohacking conferences now. And one of the things that never gets addressed is that concept of emotional healing, which has the underpinnings for a lot of what goes on in our life. And it just, it's, you know, it's never addressed. So you could be working for all the stuff in the, in the physical rain realm of things. And if you're still not getting results, it could be, Hey, could be coming at a deeper level. Exactly. I know that you you put in a lot of time because you were doing something that people now, everybody, you throw a rock in any direction, you're hitting six or seven coaches. But you started the Wellness Coasting Institute in 2009 when it really, I guess it was just kind of taken off. It was one of the first to do it. And you had a program called the Empowerment Program, the Optimal Life, the Empowerment Program. Tell me a little bit about how that came about and how that how, how that played into your book that you wrote that we're going to talk about in a moment. Well, that was actually a, a spinoff of the book. Here's what happened is the uh, all the health and fitness background, helping John lose all this weight, which led to me opening up the company Personalized Health and Fitness, where I was working with other execs, guys like you and me, that what they were very successful, but they had traded off and given up their health to get there. All right. So I went from personal coach at the ripe age of 30, going back and becoming a chiropractor. And, and I, that's where I got all the science background behind understanding what was going on, ran a practice, uh, and then moving forward, the, how should I say this? I started doing speaking free, you know, the free, you do it at Whole Foods, you do it at Wild Oats, you do it at the library, you do it at another doctor's office. And I ended up on cruise lines talking about things like mind, body medicine, uh, how your emotions affect your health, these kind of things. And I get to the end of the talk. I didn't have a book then, but I had had all this clinical background. I had had part of that was uh, I was part of a group of folks that ran a holistic center out in Missouri on a 900 acre ranch that was a run by a community of folks that understood what healing was all about. So anyways, I'm on cruise lines talking about this stuff. And at the very end, when I'd ask for questions, people would raise their hand and they go, where can we buy your book? It was like, I didn't have a book. And that was like the universe going, ding, dude, time to write a book. So I wrote a book and, and so in writing the book, cause I never set out to be an author, but what I found was things that I were sharing, all it was really doing was helping people connect the dots in their own life. So that's how I look at myself. I just help people connect the dots, but I had a holistic perspective was that if it was true that we we're comprised of spiritual energy, emotional energy, the energy of the thought, as well as the physical, then all that needed to be addressed. So the book came about as a natural consequence of all the PowerPoint presentations and the speaking I was doing to people to have them take a look at the big picture. So that was how basically the book came about. And then the book became a approved continuing education program in the state of California uh, that I was teaching a seminars to doctors 10, 15 years ago, teaching them, you know, that there's a much bigger picture going on here than just what's happening with you at a physical level. And then I took my continuing ed program that was approved. And back then when the wellness coaching was big 15 years ago, I said, what if we took the concept of 
wellness and matched up with coaching. And that's how the Wellness Coaching Institute came about. And so what that program um, at the Wellness Institute was all about was taking basically this continuing ed program I had done that was teaching doctors about all those different dimensions. And if you, if you go into the book, the first section of the book establishes the, oh, I guess you could call it an ideological platform. Part of it is that we're holistic in nature. The other part of it is there are universal principles that govern our experience of life. Based upon that, there's a health model. And then based upon that health model, there are 10 principles of wellness. What does the body need to be healthy? Well, it needs healthy spiritual energy. It needs healthy emotions. It needs healthy thought. Then you get into the physical. So that's, that's, awesome. kind of, that's kind of how that came about. Yeah, and I know that most people, they give it kind of lip service. They just kind of gloss over it. They, they know it's important, but they don't know that they don't what they don't know. So when you when we think about someone like yourself who you've been on your own journey, of course you're in the if you were in the financial markets first, a lot of people, a lot of chiropractors probably looked at you and go, what? You <laughs> left the financial markets to become a chiropractor? Uh, you know, I don't often, I do know a lot of very wealthy chiropractors, I, but they're they're few and far between. You know, the average chiropractor, I guess only makes like 70,000 a year, which is pretty sad, I think, for what they do. Um, but they, uh, when you think about that, that just tells you money doesn't always motivate people. It's changing the world or changing people's lives and things what touched you but what really inspires you what do you think when you get up in the morning and your feet at the floor and you go wow today's a great day what is it that that drives you what's the what's the emotion that drives your behaviors and what is it what is it all about you know I, the uh, I, I think what happened is a natural conso consequence of me going through my own healing journey and i'll say my healing journey was from age 40 to 50. all right there was a major paradigm shift and my major paradigm shift was I had gone from being a cheapaholic, um, uh, uh, accomplishing, project-oriented kind of person, all right, always for performance, whatever. And the paradigm shift was, you know, people are more important than just the projects and just the task. And I had gotten to a point up to age 40 where I had accomplished a lot, but I, I didn't feel connected with people. Uh, uh, the lack of fulfillment wasn't there. It didn't matter how much money I made. It didn't matter how many exotic vacations I took. It didn't matter how many airplanes I jumped out of or motorcycles I rode at 140 miles an hour. At a certain point in time, it was just like there was, that emptiness was still there. So I realized that that definition of insanity, doing the same thing again and again and expecting a different outcome. And so this healing journey that I went on, the, the paradigm shift was that Once I accepted myself totally, you know, the good, the bad, and the ugly, how that all came about, et cetera, et cetera, then the, I was able to move forward seeing the world through a different lens that wasn't filtered by the pain that I had when I was younger that was causing all the achievaholism, yeah. all right? And then so with that, okay, what, what, what was really important? If I went back and I looked at all the success, all the real success in my life, I noticed a pattern. It wasn't because I was smarter than Howdy Doody and came up with all these fantastic business plans and built these companies. It all the home runs and all the really fulfilling stuff that I did came as a natural consequence. If I went back and analyzed it as me having been a blessing in somebody's life in some way, shape or form, not realizing that that would come around back to me and creating abundance in my life later on in, in ways that weren't even in my field of vision. So. To answer your question now, 
on a the on a day-to-day basis i wake up with an intention of how can i be a higher expression of the essence of who i am on a daily basis better than the day before so that that self-talk that i do looks like okay how can i be as loving as kind as considerate as compassionate as mindful as generous and i mean you can go down the list to my to the best of my ability at all times with everyone and i find that's something every one of us can aspire to and and take into our hearts i'm going to break your book down into the book title into three questions because it really is three questions i think people need to know about first of all can you define for us what if we're reading your book we just closed it up we're done what are we going to know about the optimal life maybe you just described it but maybe reiterate what is what is what are we going to learn is the optimal life in your opinion what is your message your core message in that well remember i i went i i described that really all i do is i help connect the dots for people and and why i why i use that see the whatever your optimal life looks like might look different than mine me might look to somebody else but there would be some common denominators what would be the common denominators the common denominators would be you wouldn't be struggling in your personal relationships you wouldn't be struggling doesn't mean you wouldn't have challenges but you wouldn't be struggling and these problems wouldn't be bigger than what you are and why i use the term connecting the dots is when i was when i was playing doctor when i was a chiropractor if you came in to see me because you had a headache neck pain or back pain all right when i did an extensive workup on you that wasn't the only problem health problem that you had there was always a bunch of other stuff now understanding from my perspective when we were working together that there's an emotional component spiritual mental component as well as a physical patrick i would turn around and i would ask you when i saw this list of everything that's not working in your life on a health standpoint patrick are you aware of how you contributed to creation of all this stuff and you'd look at me like deer in headlamp okay <laughs> And for the longest time I'd go what the heck's wrong with Patrick why can't he see I'd have an intuitive sense about based on what you told me what things why were they weren't working and why you were struggling in fixing those for yourself or healing those in your for yourself and then it finally struck me that the reason why we can't see that or my patients can see that you know they they couldn't connect the dots because they didn't even know what the dots were So my breakdown of the book The Optimal Life takes all these dimensions of your life and it's like these these are the the what you need to know from the standpoint of the, what here's what the big picture puzzle looks like of the things that you need to address in your life if you want to create you know a life where you have peace in your heart you have healthy good relationships you're going down a path in your life where you're expressing your your natural essence in the work that you're doing so it's not even work. So that's the journey and that's what the book is really all about is and that's why I use the term all I do is I help people connect the dots that weren't even in their reality when they're trying to figure out why they're struggling. No, that's great. When a lot of people they want health, they talk about health, but you're you're calling it empowering health. Why did you why did you pick on why did you pick those specific words? in the title of the book when you, i mean a lot of people think they want health but they didn't know they could be empowering health what what is meant by that okay well that i didn't create that 
Oh. All right. What it amounted to was, so the, the book, basically, I wrote over a four-year period of time. I took a break in there. I was teaching and discontinuing education. I rewrote it again and again and again until it got to where it was. And then I took the final manuscript and the uh, uh, I had a couple people look at it who knew me, had an intimate understanding and experience of me. And they were both marketing guys. And I had a, the original title was 10 Principles of Wellness or this, that, or the other thing or whatever. And both of them independently came back to me and they said, Doc, you know what you're really about? You're about empowering people. So it was like, and they were the ones that came up with the title of separately, something very close to, you know, it's all about for each one of us is what would our optimal life look like? How would we get there? We need to be empowered to be able to get there. And without realizing it because of emotional trauma, psychological trauma that goes all the way back to childhood that we carry forward into our adult life that doesn't serve us anymore. Unless you're even aware that that's going on, you don't stand a chance to change your life, even though you may have the intention of doing it. So this book is, I call it the, 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 the self-help owner's manual on, if you had this book coming out of the womb, mm -hmm. you would have stood a better chance of creating things that work for you in your life versus the kind of things that you struggle and get stuck with. Right. Yeah. I kind of took it as I was reading through it is that when you think about empowering health, a lot of people don't realize health is our natural state, you right. know, and so they're, they spend their life diminishing that health. And I kind of felt that uh, when you're empowering it, you're giving it space to develop and grow and, and respond. I thought you did a great job on that. Uh, so, you know, everybody thinks about longevity. Uh, that's really a big buzzword now, of course. Everybody's trying to figure out how they can live longer and better, but they forget that healing is part of that journey. When you think about healing and you're dealing with somebody who's, a lot of people start thinking their body can't heal, right? They get, something happens to them, they get in an accident, they, the pain lingers on, or they get an emotional thing. They, they don't connect the dots, as you're saying. They don't understand how the journey happened, that this just is how it manifested. How do you explain to somebody that, um, I mean, what I tell people, it doesn't matter how many years you live, it's how much life you have in every year. But a lot of people don't understand. They they think that health, you have to be healthy to be to live long. I've known people, I had a grandmother lived to be 93 the last 30 years of her life. I don't know if I'd want those. You know, yeah. she lived a long time, but it wasn't very good. You know, so, so give me your idea of what do you mean by, I mean, because obviously um, we're probably similar ages and things of that nature. So when... When I look back, I feel like I just started. I mean, I, I, I still feel like my dad's gonna step into the room and I'm gonna help him put on a seminar because it, I've been doing the same thing since I was a kid. But tell us a little bit about the healing and longevity journey. What do you, what is what is meant by that? Well, you know, Patrick, without realizing it, you hit the nail on the head and it's all about the power, all right? What most people don't realize is, is that they've given up their power along the way to be able to create optimal life of which health is just one piece of that all right because when i say wellness and when i say health i'm talking spiritual health i'm talking emotional health i'm talking psychological health and what we know is that at, a lot of times when people talk about health they're only talking about the physical dimension and yeah that is the temple of your body all right but 
the it's metaphysically it's not possible to have a physical ailment and have some other dimension of your life not being out of sync all right and in our in our current culture if you look at our healthcare delivery system what most people learn about health based upon the medical paradigm the medical paradigm is based upon the newtonian physics which everything is that's purely at a material level that's in the physical plane and we break the body apart into things all right that isn't how nature works that isn't how we work all right because what we're holistic in nature we have all those components so people based upon lack of of the kind of conversations we're having right now people get get locked into a misperception of what health is all about and and how to get there and what has happened by buying into existing paradigms that aren't aren't an exact expression of the truth about the fact that we are holistic and we have all this potential and how you get there that becomes the rate limiting factor right. so no that's great I, I was going to ask a question. B.J. Palmer talked about the subconscious mind. When people look at me, I, I, my background is psychology, but right. I work a lot with chiropractors because they seem to be open-minded. And when I was doing my research and reading the green books and all that, from I like to go back in time and read the old stuff for some reason. I was at an event and they I, there was a raffle for these green books. So I, I went and found them and, and started reading them. And he's talking about the subconscious mind. I thought I was reading like Maxwell Maltz or, you know, um, Think and Grow Rich or one of these kind of books, but he's talking about health and healing. Uh, what do you believe is the subconscious influence on health and healing? Oh, it's only about 90% <laughs> of your power to heal. Well, here's what it amounts to. You hear the term mind-body medicine, all right? If you go into the literature, what mind addresses is actually, you could branch that off into two specific parts. You could branch that off into the intellectual, which is your conscious mind, and then the other dimension of that is the emotional or the feeling part. And that's what's equate to the subconscious mind. And you know, from a psychology standpoint, what happens is when you first come out of the womb and even when you're in the womb, all right, what most people don't realize is that even coming out of the womb, you already have cellular emotional memory going on because for the full nine months that you were in the womb, you were exposed to the energy matrix of every feeling that your mother was going through 24 seven, all the anger, all the fear, all the guilt, all the shame, not that there weren't happy things going on as well, but as human beings, we have a tendency to grasp on and dwell on the negative. So you come out of the womb and do you have children? Yes. Okay. You remember when they were real little, like infant size, and I'm sure your, your audience or parents out there as well, that, that baby could, the, your your daughter, your son could do what? They could go from laughing to crying to laughing within seconds. And the reason being is their conscious mind hadn't, hadn't kicked in yet. So they were only experiencing the world at a feeling level. And at a feeling level, the world either felt good or it felt bad. If it felt bad because they were hungry or they had a little poopy in their pants, then what? Then they cried, they screamed. If they felt good, what were they doing? They were giggling and they were in a state of joy. Well, so what happens is they have this total experience of the world that's basically hardwired into their subconscious mind, neuropathways in their subconscious mind, so that by the time they're five, six, seven, eight, nine years old and, it, and the, 
the, the gray matter starts clicking and in the intellectual side, and they start to connect the dots. They're already connecting the dots, looking through filters. And if the filters were, this didn't feel good, you create misperceptions. And the biggest misperception in your subconscious mind is what? I'm not lovable. I'm not valuable. They don't love me. That's what gets carried through. So that inner child, all right, that experienced all that without realizing it in the subconscious mind, the inner child dwells in the subconscious mind and the inner child then just hangs on and you carry it into your adult life without realizing that a lot of the behaviors and the reactionary patterns you have as an adult when you're quote, emotionally triggered are actually the inner child taking over because they were never addressed. And why were they never addressed? I humbly submit it's because our parents never went to God's school and this is how you raise kids. So despite the fact that they did their best, they dropped the ball on occasion, they dropped us on our heads on occasion, we misinterpreted what that was all about. We carried into adulthood and don't realize we're carrying the impediments to our own ability to reach our highest human potential and heal. No, that's great. And we're talking about we're talking with Dr. Bazal, Dr. Stephen Bazal, and he's talking about his book that you can go and learn more about at Dr. Bazal, which is drbizal.com. You can go there. I want to ask you about the first section of the book. You have something where you describe two different ways of looking at health and illness and disease or, or health and illness or disease and healing process. Tell right. us a little bit about what you meant by that. Uh, are you making reference to the alternative medicine model versus the what we call the, the yeah the, the disease medicine. model or the or the healing process i guess is you you kind of talked about both of those two differently uh there that some people have uh you know like we have a sick care system is what i'm oh, saying right. you know in not a healing like people say i'm gonna go to my doctor and ask them about something about wellness well unfortunately most mds don't have any experience with wellness. They've only see all day long, they see broken legs, bloody noses, you know, ear infections, you know, gut problems, whatever their profession is. So that's why I'm just wondering, you, you talk about it in your book. I thought maybe you could share a little bit about that with the audience. Yeah, the, the medical paradigm versus the holistic alternative natural paradigm, you know, we could say that in the medical paradigm, if you look at the medical education, it goes back to something we were talking about before. It's based upon the concept of Newtonian physics, where it's all about, you only exist in their mind and in their education as a physical being. You don't exist in, in these other planes. So really what we have, our healthcare delivery system evolved around that model. And what most people may or may not understand is that during the turn of the century, when we went through a renaissance in our medical schools, the pharmaceutical industries at the time, which were the chemical companies, went to the schools and basically the short version was, they said, we will fund you to the extent of whatever you need. All you need to do is teaching your curriculum is that everything can be solved by using drugs. <laughs> that was their model, that was their paradigm. So the doctors, many of whom went into being a doctor because they have a genuine desire to wanna to help and heal people, bought into that paradigm without, and it's just regurgitating stuff you're, 
you remember about drugs and what diseases you apply drugs to. So a lot of medical professionals, and there's some brilliant guys out there that bought into that medical paradigm without challenging any of it. And that's quote, the practice of medicine. So what we really have is a sickness care model. We don't really have a, a, a healthy and I like, you know, you keep on bringing the empowerment, you know, let's empower your health. Let's empower you in what do you need to know to change those things in your life that aren't working for you that would make you healthy again, knowing that you're not just a piece of machinery or you have a physical, you have a mental, you have an emotional. So we need to be able to address all that. And that's why a guy like D.D. Palmer or B.J. Palmer understood that the uh, well, we know there's an emotional component because look how stress causes negative reactions in the physiology of people's body. Stress itself can cause headaches. Stress itself can cause digestive tract problems. Stress, all emotional or psychological, cause urinary tract infections by compromising your immune response in your bacteria in your gut get out of balance or the bacteria in your urinary tract get out of balance. So that's a whole level that from a holistic practitioner standpoint, we have a tendency to look at and the interconnectedness of all these things versus the medical paradigm was like, Oh, you have this symptom here. Take this pill. Right. No, that's great. And I know we could continue to talk for a long time. We did at the event and I know we could continue to, we could go on a weekend trip, probably still not fill it up, uh, but we're coming to an end. I have a couple more questions. I want to just run by you just so that we, we get um, a little more clarity because I want people to understand how powerful this book is and what they can learn. There's four realizations necessary you talk about to getting unstuck in your life. Tell us a little bit of it, because I know um, there are a lot of people who are stuck. I've been stuck before in my life, you know, and you're always looking for, how do you get unstuck? What, what are your, what is your realization on that? Well, that's why, and I think the, if I'm not mistaken, it's been a while since I opened the book, but the the reason why I shared the four realizations, because that's where I needed to start in my own healing journey, was coming up with these four realizations. The one realization, it, and it goes in alignment with the natural medicine thing that we've been talking about, is the body heals itself. All right. Our only job is not to do things that booger it up and interfere with the body's natural ability to do that. At a spiritual level, as well as as a, at a um, non-spiritual level. Okay. The second is that we're holistic in nature. So it isn't just the physical body and what we're doing with the physical body. It also includes that spiritual dimension. Are we healthy spiritually? Are we healthy mentally? Are we healthy emotionally as well as physical? Um, and then there are, there are physical as well as non-physical influences, you know, and that's the, these are the, what I call those universal principles, spiritual laws and laws of nature. So one of the ways I learned to define health, other than that holistic health model, mind, body, spirit, emotion, was what I saw from a clinical standpoint was that if somebody was suffering with something, I learned a long time ago that spiritual laws, spiritual laws, if you're in alignment, here's a better way to put it. If you're in alignment with spiritual laws and laws of nature, what you will get as a natural consequence of that is health. What illness and disease processes, and most people don't think of it this way, is if you are violating either spiritual laws or laws of nature, the natural consequence of that is illness and disease. 
So the healing process is really all about finding out where you may where you may be in misalignment, correct those misalignments. And that's what the healing process is all about to get back to optimal health. All right. And then the the other core piece is we need to be 100% responsible. Everything that you experience in your life, everything that I experience in my life, the good, the bad and the ugly, whether we realize it or not, we're contributing to the creation of the outcome. And the the only way to address that issue is to get to a point where you accept 100% accountability and responsibility for what? All your feelings, all your thoughts, all your words and all your actions. So those are your four realizations. That's great. And you kind of mentioned one of them there because um, my mind was thinking where you talk about that we don't need a guru. I mean, everybody's looking for, I'll be healed if I find this, the way to biohack in the morning, or if I do this exercise, or if I follow this person, or I do that. Tell me a little bit about what, because you say that on the road to enlightenment, we don't need a guru. So uh, tell me, uh, you know, when when people go and they read the book, Dr. Bazan, when they go to drbazal.com and they look this up, they're gonna hopefully download the book and start reading it. And they understand that, I think like me, I I would prefer to have them, there it is. Yeah, there's the book, they can can go get it. Thank you for that moment. But tell us a little bit about how you embody people. Cause I think like as a coach, when you're talking about the coaching model is, it's not the coach doesn't get to play in the field. The coach stays back, but the player gets the glory. So tell us a little bit about that philosophy. No, nobody can heal you or heal me. We came into the world alone. We're going to leave the world alone. What that implies is that we came in uh, into human existence with the potential to be fully whole and and be able to and be able to get there. Uh, the thing about not needing a guru, I, I can't take credit for that. What I act, I heard the David Hawkins, all right, power versus force, the eye of the eye. Many of your readers are probably familiar with that one. He basically, and, and I've heard gurus say this, but I heard him say, you know, to the road to enlightenment, you don't need a guru. He goes, you only need three things. He goes, you need to see the beauty in all things. And what I add to that is beginning with yourself. Number two is you need to be kind to all that exists, beginning with yourself. And then number three is you need to embrace humility and the ability to forgive. There's your path to enlightenment. You don't need a guru for any of those three things. But I think we've gotten in, we've gotten, especially with advanced technology, I mean, even with the term biohacking, it makes you sound like there's a shortcut. There are no shortcuts in nature. You can't make a tree grow faster than the tree's gonna grow. And as human beings, you know, you and I were of at least a generation as kids where you didn't have all the technology. So you didn't have all this, the, uh, this misinformation about, oh, there's a quick way to do this. There's a quick way to do that. Even the healthcare delivery system says, oh, you got something wrong with you? Oh, don't look at the last 25 years of the way you've been living your life in an unhealthy way. Just take this pill that'll drop your blood pressure back to where it needs to be. Well, that don't work. Right. Ultimately, it never works. Yeah, I mean, there's there's some uh, there's always a lot of good information. There's a lot of misinformation, as you're saying. But we, but if you keep to those 
four principles you're talking about, you'll you'll find your way, which is the which is the main thing. So we've been speaking with Dr. Bazan. He's the critic, critically acclaimed author of The Optimal Life, Empowering Health, Healing, and Longevity. You've heard a lot of it here, but there's still a lot more buried in that book. So I'm going to encourage you to go to his website, drpizal.com. Get it. You can get the first co- the first chapter, right? You give it away for free. So yeah, they can download that if they're not ready to commit right now. Get that. Get started. You know, you've been doing this for 50 years. So you've seen a lot. You've been there, done <laughs> Jake, that. Stop so, giving away uh, my age. Yes. <laughs> stop giving away my age. Well, you said you said back in 1981, I hope you weren't a, a school kid helping your friend lose 100 pounds. So, uh, you know, so you're, you're there doing the work. You're, you're out front. You're, you're willing to have the arrows in the back to do this and really to step out. I mean, when you started talking about subconscious mind, even back then, people would look at you funny, you know, because I know because my dad was a therapist. And anytime you mentioned hypnosis or uh, subconscious, people would look at you weird. Although I really love Joseph Murphy's book, The Power of the Subconscious Mind. I thought that was a very powerful, powerful book at the time. But I want to thank you for taking the time to share with our audience. I know our conversation was good. I'm hoping that people understand the power of emotional healing and understanding what they've learned here today. And they go read your book and, uh, you know, we see each other at another biohacking conference. We talk about uh, some other well, well-formed conditions that you've created and we can discuss and talk about. Patrick, uh, one more thing for your listeners, if they're so inclined, the if they go to that website, www.drbazal.com, all right, and it's really a landing page and it's just totally dedicated to the book. If they scroll all the way down to the bottom, if they have additional questions, all right, they could they can send me a note, all right, they can reach me that way and I'd be glad to respond. And when you're when you're looking over this, share this podcast with any family member or friend you know is going through something emotional. And then when you go to the page that this this podcast has been published on, there's going to be a link there where you can get a free paper. It's creating a wellness culture in America. And I think that's that's what they can get right now. They can go there right now today, download it. There's no fee for that. That's your gift to them today. To, and they can also get the gift of the first chapter of your book. So I'm going to encourage everyone to do that. So again, thank you for being on the podcast, sharing with BrainTap Nation and helping everyone to learn and grow and develop their emotional selves or spiritual selves, like you're saying, and realizing that we're not just this uh, physical form that we're more than that. We, I, I like to tell people you're a spiritual being having a physical experience, not the other way around. People are looking at their life like they're this physical blood and guts. And of course we have that, but that's only the, that's the gross matter. We're the, we're the energy. We, we live in an energy economy. So thanks again for sharing. Those of you listening, again, please share this with any family member or friend, especially if they're going through uh, being in a stuck state, which a lot of people are today after what's happened the last few years. They don't know where to turn, where, where health really resides. It starts in your own mind. So get your mind right, get your emotions right. Then you work on your physical self and you can start using some of these. I like to call them health hacks better than biohacks. Or I like the way the guy in UK says it. I always use his. He calls it health optimization instead of uh, biohacking because my people with brain tap don't really get biohacking really that much but that's we, we go there because they love the brain tap but uh please tune in each each one of these episodes is going to bring you something for your personal or your business life or your spiritual life something that to help you grow as an individual so please share and like this and please follow us on brain tap dot uh, brain tap tech 
which is at BrainTapTech is the one, or go to at Dr. Patrick Porter, at Dr. Patrick Porter, and follow us for any news or, or other content that might help you to grow mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. So again, thanks everyone. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Patrick.